Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so I'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, you know, I, I say that on every show, and uh, the Moneyline picks seem to be profitable every day. I, I don't know. what It's it's just – I have no words, really. This has been an unreal. Like, last week was just nuts. That was wild. I've not seen anybody catch that much heat in a long time. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things I always like – and I've and I tweeted about this, right? It's like, just, hey, just let's be grateful. Let's enjoy it. And, and it's always – like I, just, I still just always want to preach, like – good bankroll management, right? Reasonable. Like you never really know when these things are going to end. I still feel confident in the model. I still like where it's going. Uh, so it's not, it's not that I, I think it's going to fall apart or anything. It's just one of those, we do also have to be cautious of like, that doesn't mean today's going to be another winner. It's been, I think eight days in a row now with Moneyline winners. So it's been fantastic, but you just never know exactly what's going to happen. So always be reasonable with the amounts that you're wagering. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride. And I, all I can say is I hope it continues, right? Yeah, this is the point. Like if you're at the blackjack table or something, where you take that initial investment, and you put it, put those chips back in your pocket. You just play with the winnings. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which we've all hopefully, if you play blackjack, hopefully we've all had a chance to do. It's a lot of fun when you can do that. When you can be like, yeah, here's what I sat down with, and now the rest is just all for fun. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, before we get to today's slate, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides, share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment for on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. And we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play is over in Prairie Meadows, race nine. You can check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. Uh, I've tweeted out about this, and you might have seen this in the sheet already. Uh, focusing on money line picks here, that's been what's been going really well. That was the uh, – I've spent years working on the money line picks. The totals have had just much less time. I still have a total projection. I think the total projections are still pretty solid. I think they're more right than wrong, but they're also not quite good enough to really solidly be profitable. And so I'm going to keep tinkering with those, but I just I don't want to give out those picks. Um, the, the, the numbers right now, I think the books are just pegging really good numbers, and it makes it tough to profit on it. And so it's like early in the season, we were able to take advantage of some big discrepancies and some some huge mismatches, but lately it's just been 
really difficult to do. And so um, I still have the total projections. Again, I think they're fairly solid. I think there's some good information to glean there yesterday. Uh, we saw, you know, the, the the model, for instance, still set over in Boston, Kansas City, and that was easy. So, I mean, there's still some, some good information there, but it's just on the whole, the numbers are just so tight on the totals. I think that um, it's just less of an interesting thing to talk about. So uh, I'll still talk about the weather, still talk about what the model says the total should be, but the focus will be on the money line pick. So just a, a, a PSA right there. And we'll get started here at 7.05 Eastern with the Blue Jays and the Orioles. It'll be a warm one in Baltimore, upper 80s to start, low 80s to close. The winds will be blowing out at 5 to 10 miles an hour. That's why the total is a little higher in this game. The model says 9.6. I'm seeing 9.5 from the books. Again, another situation. I think the total's priced fairly well. Warmer day wind blowing out. A little bit of chance of rain, but it probably shouldn't affect things too much there. You say Kikuchi versus Jordan Lyles. Kikuchi with a 486 ERA in the underlying metrics say that's about as bad as he is. Jordan Lyles with a 440 ERA. Advanced metrics say that's about where he is too. I have Lyles as a better starting pitcher. Not by a ton, but by a little bit. Offensively, of course, the Blue Jays have a big advantage, but that diminishes when facing a right-handed pitcher. Orioles have the advantage in the bullpen and, of course, the home foot advantage. This is another situation where I think that the Blue Jays are just overpriced. We saw it all four games against the Twins. If you blind back the Twins in all four games, you profited because they were underdogs in all four and one, two. They almost won yesterday with half of the lineup and Chris Archer pitching, which was pretty incredible that they, that they even got to extra innings in that one. Um, if you saw that, they, they did, you, did you happen to see the, the play at the plate on that one in the top of the 10th? The, the Gary Sanchez blocking the plate? Is that yeah, the blocking the plate one, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. wish I understood exactly why he was really good because I, I, I was like, I thought that was the right play. It's it's so tough, right? It's like I get the idea of you want to avoid collisions and you want to provide a, a guy a lane, but to me, my thought is more of a like – I wish it was interpreted a little bit different and less of a like the guy always has to have a place to slide and more about he has to have a place to slide if the catcher doesn't have the ball. To me, the ball got there in plenty of time, and to me, it's like if the catcher has the ball, he can be there. It's If he doesn't have the ball, he can't be there. Yeah. And that was kind of a questionable. Anyway, the Twins almost pulled it off. I think it just kind of goes to show the Blue Jays still just overpriced. Um, they should have handled one handily actually with Gaussman against Archer and Correa and Buxton out. Um, I think the same thing. I think the Blue Jays overpriced again here too. I think the wrong team is favored. The Blue Jays are favored, which kind of blows my mind here. I've got the, the Orioles at minus 115. Basically says everything's a wash and Baltimore's at home. And that kind of makes sense. The Blue Jays' offense is definitely better, but the Orioles will have an advantage with Lyles and they'll have an advantage in the bullpen. That more or less cancels. And then you've got the game in Baltimore. It gives the Orioles a little bit of an edge. Even if you said this is Baltimore even money, I would have said that at least makes more sense than plus 124. It's an angry pick from in the Orioles. I love plus odds here with Baltimore at home. I think they're... I think they have, a again, a 50-50-ish chance model. Thinks even better than 50-50. And a plus-124, that's a great investment. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, this is wild to think about. If you think about the way the year started and coming into the year, oh, yeah. the Orioles over the Blue Jays, it would have been never. But now it's like, I, I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't play this. The Orioles, I, I mean, besides offensively, I really think the Orioles got everything here. And I'm not even so sure that – the Blue Jays' offense is as deadly as everybody thought it was. Like at the moment, they don't they don't seem to be playing very well. And did I, is Springer out? Springer, is Springer out? Yeah. yeah so that I mean that's a big. Out. Yep. So that's a big hole in the lineup. And then here, uh, and the, I mean the Orioles minus Mancini seem to keep going <laughs> pretty well, which is kind of wild. And so I can't wait to cash this one in because I, I think they got it in the bag. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I think the Orioles at plus odds here is just a, a, a gift. I don't know why we're getting. Uh, it's not to say that the Blue Jays are bad. It's just they're it's like the, the the relievers just aren't good. Kikuchi's not good. And like you said, their offense is is good, not great. Losing Springer hurts. And again, they're just so right-handed heavy. When they face a lefty, I it's hard to it's really hard to fade the Blue Jays when they face a lefty. They're so right-handed heavy. But against a righty, their offense every once in a while looks pretty pedestrian. Like we said yesterday, they weren't able to score that many runs off Chris Archer, who's fairly terrible. Uh, so it's it, it's it's not to say that the Blue Jays can't go out and score eight runs. They absolutely have the ability to, but it's not like you expect them to night in and night out. And you kind of think of the Padres new lineup, the Dodgers lineup, uh, the Astros lineup, the Yankees lineup. You got some of those offenses and you say, unless they're facing a great pitcher, they could easily go out any night and score five or six runs. You look at this Blue Jays offense and they have a lot of nights where they only score two. And it's, and you, it's kind of confusing. You look at the talent they have. They just can't, they just aren't quite putting it all together yet, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like the whole trade deadline thing. It was kind of funny when they went for Whit Merrifield because he hadn't been vaccinated yet. It's like, oh yeah, we yeah. can't play in our own country. But, yeah, I guess he's got, got that. Done, I guess but, he's got that fixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah and my, my, my dad and I were talking about this, I think, last time he was in, about these guys going to Toronto, and it's like, we, it's just interesting times, you know, it, and, you know, it, it, you've got a country, we have we have a team playing in a country that's different rules than we do about things. Mm-hmm. And usually that doesn't matter. Usually it's like, oh, Canada has a different currency, and it's like, who cares, right? Like, these things aren't issues. And then you have this vaccination thing. It's such an interesting thing of, like, when the Blue Jays are on the phone trading for players, I guess they're, like, having to get guys, like, sign off on like HIPAA because like some of the stuff they can't make public. Right. And so it's, yeah. it's going to be this weird thing where the GMs are like, Hey, is he vaccinated? And the GM's like, hold on, let me check. Is he signed off? Can I talk about this? Like, it's gotta be so weird to try to figure that out. Obviously we knew about Merrifield because the Royals, but think about trading for NL guys. Like yeah. half of those guys, they would have been like, we have no idea if this guy's vaccinated or not and can come play. Cause again, it doesn't really matter what you think about it. It's the law of the lay. Like if you can't, yeah. it's what you have to do. Right. So yeah. It's got to be such an interesting scenario there for the trade deadline. I have to assume that the that in Toronto they're just hoping that that changes for next year, so they don't have to deal with this yeah. going forward. Or maybe they're hoping it stays because now they've got a bigger home foot advantage, right? <laughs> Depending on yeah, who you can play. Full team. Yep. <laughs> it's such a weird scenario that we've ne- again, you know, you it's and it's almost surprising this hasn't come up before, given that we play in another game in another country, right? Like it, it's almost surprising there hasn't been something that's happened that's made it or in basketball or in hockey or anything where it's yeah. COVID's the first time thing that's that it's affected but it's like I said it's almost surprising that I can't ever remember anything mattering between the two countries but yeah. even different, countries, different laws you know yeah even when we had the two teams in Canada with Montreal and Toronto, yeah we thought something yeah. happened right right 17 Easter first pitch Reds at the Mets Mid 80s, pretty much for the whole game in this one. Wind blowing out to left field at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Kind of why this total is a little higher. City Field is a more pitcher friendly ballpark, and obviously the Reds' offense is kind of a shell of itself. Uh, but the total here is eight and a half. Model says eight and a half as well. Um, so it's kind of a counter here of warmer night, wind blowing out, but a pitcher friendly ballpark to arrive at that number. Pretty big mismatch here, though, in favor of the Reds. Justin Dunn will get the start for them. He hasn't pitched yet in the big leagues this year. He made about 20 or so starts the last three seasons with the Mariners, and his results weren't bad, but I double-clicked double on him a little bit, and the underlying metrics were not pretty in those starts. That's why he projects so poorly. He gets a 115 rating, according to the model. That's fairly bad. It's not as bad as there's a handful of guys in the 130s, but 115 is not good. 
against Chris Bassett, who was every bit as good as Justin Dunn is bad, gets the mirror rating of an 85, 361 ERA on the season. Underlying metrics line up exactly with that. Big edge for the Mets here with the starting pitcher. Big edge for the Mets and with the relievers. Big edge for the Mets in the offense. The model says this should be Mets minus 351 at home. That's a giant number, so I'll take the Mets at minus 295, and it's a B-grade play. Y'all know I don't really love these big favorites, but I think value is value, and I think this number should be higher. This Reds team isn't terrible, but I just don't think they match up at all with this Mets team, who's really good. You do have potentially a fear of the Mets coming off of that Brave series, but in general, I I, I mean, it's not going to affect the starting pitcher, right? Because Bassett doesn't care at all what happened in the last couple of days. He's going out there, and he's going to try to throw a shutout because he looks at that Reds lineup and probably says that's doable, right? And I mean, you just have to assume the players are going to go out there, be professionals, and try to go out and win. It's a long season, so you just never really know. That's kind of the only concern I might have, but... In general, the guys that are in the lineup should go out there and they gotta they want to help their stats, they want to get paid, right? And so I assume they're gonna go out and play hard. If they do, they should handle this this Reds team pretty easily. So I'll take the Mets minus 295 with the B grade pick. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this is Mets all day. There's, there's no I feel sorry for the guy coming in the first game he's going against this Mets team who's just hitting the ball like crazy right now. Yeah. They just ran through the Braves. Uh, what went one and four or four and one. Uh against them there in that little five-game series. Uh, it's just, man. Again, yesterday, yesterday made Strider look pedestrian. Yeah. I mean, one of his worst moments I've seen all season. Yeah, and, I mean, he's been electric, and then that just looked terrible. And, yeah. uh, I mean, they, they got Ian Anderson so bad, he's back in AAA. Uh, <laughs> but, to uh, be to be fair, and I didn't know about this. Maybe you knew that about this as a, as a Braves fan. It, it, it sounds like that might have been the plan all along was getting Odorisi, was sending Ian Anderson back. We talked about Anderson a lot this season. I, he, he's been the most mediocre pitcher we've talked the most about, but a guy who's a young guy just hasn't quite put it together. So, I mean, obviously their hope is he can go down there and work on a few things and, and make make a leap because he's still got the potential to be a good starter. It just hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they did with Kyle Wright, and then they get all fixed, and look at him now. Uh, look at him. Exactly, exactly. But uh, – Anyway, the Mets are just outrageously good, um, especially. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if it'll be Naquin or Kana, Kana, but if it's Naquin, he's been on fire since the Reds traded him. Um, he's had a few home runs, a couple doubles, and everything. And I don't see why he wouldn't play tonight because Kana's been kind of cold, even if you want to do righty lefty splits with him. But I just, man, I, I really think the Mets just run away with this. It's not even worth watching. The Mets have so much hitting depth. It feels like if we changed the rules of baseball and said you have to bat 12 guys, the Mets would be like, sure, no big deal. Yeah, most other teams would be like, ooh, our like 11 and 12 hitters are terrible. The Mets would be like, sure, no problem. Like they have so much hitting depth. It's crazy. They can, they, they have multiple guys, it seems like, every day on the bench. And I'm like, man, he'd be starting for like almost every other team in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rodriguez is still on the team, and I don't think he's even really playing that much anymore, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So both Jake and I are on the Mets in that one. Big number. Uh, I always talk about with parlays, right? It's not that parlays are inherently bad. The biggest issue is I, I recommend not, you know, don't do fifteen of them and put half the teams in different ones. It, it really distorts how much you have on different games. It's kind of the thing you have to be careful of. But if you are doing parlays, uh, in general, I always say, hey, if, if you have a big money line, that's a bad investment by itself. It's a bad investment on a parlay. But if it's a good investment by itself, it's a perfectly okay investment on a parlay. Um, so if you're doing that, throwing the Mets in there, I think it's fine. I think it's a situation where you're adding more value than you're adding risk. You're adding a little bit of risk. Baseball's random and weird things happen that we never expect, but uh, you're adding more value to it because I think the price is short. I think the Mets are more likely to win than this number indicates. 
So Jake and I are both on the Mets there. Moving on to the 805 Eastern game, only one at this time slot. I really like today's card, Jake. There's, I think there's seven games, and, and I really like it. There's a lot of good angles. Um, I feel confident with the model saying. This game right here is the one where it's like, hey, you want to trust the model? Trust the model on this one and just see how you feel about it. We've backed the Nats, I think, 12 times all season. Model says to back the Nats here today, and my goodness, this is a, a plug-your-nose-and-play, a don't-watch-it special, uh, can-your-stomach-handle-it. I mean, this Nats team is terrible, but the model says to back the Nats here at plus 170, and so I'm going to do it with a B-grade pick. Annabelle Sanchez versus Keegan Thompson. You have two pitchers who um, below average. Uh, Thompson, of course, a 340 ADR. The underlying metrics say it should be in the low force. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors with him. So he gets a below-average rating. Sanchez has been terrible in his four outings this season. A 7.65 ERA, and the underlying metrics say it should be around six. So, I mean, he's been very bad. No no other way to put it. This Nats offense is terrible. Uh, the, the model does think the Nationals relievers are better than the Cubs relievers now that the Cubs have traded away their top uh, what, three guys, I guess it was, uh, something like that. Uh, so model says the Cubs should be favored here at home, but only by a price of minus 144. So this is one where, again, the Cubs are the better team and the Cubs should win, but a price like minus 185 is just too much to lay on the Cubs. It's just too steep. They aren't that good. Not that the Nats are, but baseball is random and two fairly bad teams take the plus odds here in this one. It's tough to stomach. I've ha- I've not backed the Nats very often. I've hated doing it, um, but I'm going to trust the model here. With regards to the total, the model says 7.4. I'm seeing 7.5 right now. It's going to be around 70 degrees most of the day, and the winds will be blowing in at about 15 miles an hour from left field, and that matters a lot in Wrigley Field. So that wind's going to really help the pitchers out. And a relatively chilly August night here, closing the scheme in the upper 60s. Uh, so some pitcher-friendly weather, which I think these both these pitchers are going to need it. The bullpens are going to need it. They're all below average. Of course, they're facing below average offenses, so I don't know. It's just <laughs> bad baseball all around. I'll take the plus 170, but... Man, this is a hard one to hit submit on, if you know what I mean, Jake. Yeah, this is a, a, a like high school ish baseball. Yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, this is going to be rough, bad news bears style. Uh, I mean, I'm on the Nats here just because somehow I trust that offense just a little bit more than the Cubs. And this just might be personal experience. I've had a really rough time with the Cubs this year, so I'm mm-hmm. staying away from them. Uh, but so I'm on the Nats. I like I like the odds here. I like I like I like playing a little underdog. This one I'm, I definitely won't be heavily invested in. But right. I, I think the Nats can get it done. At, like especially with the bullpen. Um, really not sure what the Cubs were doing, but with Ian Anderson and Contreras or Ian, Ian Anderson, Ian Happ, Ian Ian Happ Contreras, yeah. uh, and leaving them on the roster. Uh, but I, I don't think there's much much they're gonna do offensively on this one, especially with the wind blowing in. So I, I like the Nats here. Yeah, that's kind of your hope is that seems just been terrible, but with the wind blowing in, like just let them hit the ball in the air and hope it dies, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you can still hit a home run in this weather, but I mean, you're going to have to really, it's going to have to be a line drive-ish type, not let it get too high. And I guess that's possible, but I mean, it is, this is the, the type of weather you want to pitch in. Like I said, just let them hit it in the air. And unless they hit one that's, you know, 450 or something, the wind knocks it down, and you know, to 400 and still go out. But I mean, if they're hitting a ball that's, unless it's right down the line or just crushing it, right? The wind's going to really help that out. So I guess you, you got to hope that that keeps it low scoring. If it's a low scoring toss up type game, it's like you said, the payout really matters here. The price yeah. really matters either what you're laying or what you can get here. Plus 170 is pretty good value, uh, as scary as it is to take the Nats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, 
so here, here's a question for you. Do, do you think with the mo- like the model for it, like here in August, it's kind of like the best kind of time for it? Because since uh, like you've got all the most of the data yet, and most most teams haven't called it quits yet, do you think right now is the best time? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I, I, I have hypothesized that there's a decent chance that this is the best time for the model simply because it's player-based and the model knows who's moved around and who's, uh, you know, it, it's got playing time projection, that sort of thing. And so it, it might be a, a much easier time to know how the teams actually shape up, whereas it might take, uh, you know, a couple of weeks for people who are doing team-based stuff to really f- get a feel for how good the team actually is. Um, so absolutely. And then, like you said, it gets then it gets to weird in September, right, with teams... Yeah. You know, kind of the biggest thing is I think that we talk about this a lot, right? I think the players should go out and play hard, but it's the playing time projections that get wonky, right? When you're calling up, now you've expanded the roster, there's a couple extra guys, and your veteran guys don't play. So, like with the Nationals with Nelson Cruz, for instance, you know, you have a guy like that who we have no idea how much he's going to play, and that could that could throw things off a, a little bit there. And it gets a little bit more wonky in September because at least in August, teams are teams are still more playing their normal guys at least. Yeah, yeah, especially with it being player based, I feel like you know what a guy is this year at this point. Like, there's not, there's not a lot. You got most of the variants out of the way. You know exactly what he is. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, to the late games, uh, four of them today, nine forty Eastern start time. Pirates at the Diamondbacks. It'll be Tyler Beatty versus Zach Gallen. Gallen's a guy who the model doesn't really like as much as I think most people do. He does have a 331 ERA. The underlying metrics say it should be in the mid to upper threes. He just doesn't seem, the model just doesn't treat him. I think like the perception is kind of reminds me of Frankie Montas is another guy like that, that I think is generally people think is better than the, the model does. And of course Montas, uh, you know, didn't look great yesterday. So the models faded Gallon a lot this year. It hasn't really worked out well. Gallon's had a great season the Pirates team, the models kind of liked a little bit. I was a little surprised here on this one. I kind of assumed the model would say to play the Pirates just because, again, it doesn't really like Gallon relative to the market. But it actually says right now there's no value in this number. It says that the number should be Diamondbacks minus 216. So a price of Diamondbacks minus 228 isn't great value, but a price of plus 206 on the Pirates isn't enough value either. I'll take the Diamondbacks at minus 220. It's a huge price, only a lean. And the reason I'll go with the Diamondbacks is, again, twofold. The model tends to like the Pirates, I think, a little bit more than it should, and it tends to dislike Gallon. And so given that I thought the model was going to say Pirates, but it didn't, kind of makes me think maybe the other side's the way to go. So I'll back the Diamondbacks here. But this price is too steep to really like that much. Obviously, BD for the Pirates is not a guy we expect to go deep. We expect him to only go maybe two-ish innings. Um, the rest of that Pirates bullpen, if they throw a, a Chase DeYoung out there, it sounds like uh, he might get some innings. Whoever it is, doesn't really matter. It's not good for the Pirates. Um, not that the Diamondbacks have much good as well. I mean, this is, again, two bad baseball teams. Really, it's all about Zach Gallen. And again, I'll take a chance on the Diamondbacks just because the model says not to fade them because it tends to fade Gallen. So I'll, I'll take that as a sign that Gallen's the guy to back here at 228. But Again, not a situation like not a good price in my opinion. It's it's the best priced game on the board uh, to me. I, I, like I said, not enough value to back the Pirates, and I just hate this steep price on the Diamondbacks because in general the Diamondbacks aren't that good. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm on the Diamondbacks here. I like I like them to win this one. I like I know your model doesn't really like Gallon, but it seems like he's having a good year. Like it's it's like one of those things that he does the right thing at the right time. Maybe not the best statistical stuff, but just those makes the right play um so i like the diamondbacks here and i'm like i'm recommending the diamondbacks play personally i am playing uh same game parlay with his under and strikeout total and the diamondbacks to win 
Um, he's not really – he's only – in those last five, he's uh, been over that number – over the five-and-a-half number twice, only over it uh, seven times in, in those all 20 starts with five-and-a-half. So, I mean, I know the Pirates' offense is rough, but he's he's really going about five, five to six innings over at, like, I don't know if he's going to get one per inning there all the whole time, and if he goes less than six, then that's an inning with two. So I, I, I and it's plus money right now. Like like DraftKings uh, Draft and FanDuel's got it. Like, we're the only two with it up. When I looked this morning, but it's plus one twenties. So I, I would like to think there's a lot of value to play on that one. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. We always talk about the player props. You said the strikeouts are a lot correlated with innings. You talk about there that you don't you're you know you're a little bit concerned he can go enough innings to get these. Uh, to get to that strikeout number. And that might be why the model doesn't like Gallon as much is because he is a lower strikeout guy. And in general, you always wonder, right, how much a pitcher's going out there just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, we, you always saw a guy like Pedro Martinez is the one I always remember doing this, where he would go out there and he could strike out all three batters in an inning if he wanted to, but he knew it would take him. He'd have to throw maximum effort. And so he would purposely throw like, a, you know, a slider or whatever, let it catch a little bit of the plate and say, yeah, this guy's it's pitched good enough. He's probably going to ground out to the shortstop and try to have quicker innings. You wonder maybe how much Gallon's doing things like that, where he's not really going for the, not really, I mean, he's not trying to give up hits, but not going for the strikeouts as much in order to just get, you know, easier outs or something. And, and maybe that's why the model doesn't like him as much. Uh, being a lower strikeout guy. So, Jake, you like his under strikeouts, but still think the Dimebacks can win there at home, and you're pairing those together. Yeah, yeah. All right. Same time slot here, 940 Eastern. First pitch, Giants at the Padres. It'll be a nice night in San Diego, mid-70s to start, around 70 degrees to close. No real wind effect. Slight breeze under five miles an hour blowing out. Alex Wood versus Blake Snell, a battle of two pretty solid lefties here. Wood's underlying metrics say his ERA should be about one run better than it is. Blake Snell's underlying metrics say it should be almost a full run lower than it is. So both guys have ERAs in the fours, but both underlying metrics say it should be under three and a half. So two pitchers here that I think are a little bit underrated. Model says a total of eight. I'm seeing a price of seven and a half out there. This is a, oh, a situation that I think total-wise is really hard to figure out because I think both these pitchers are a little bit undervalued, makes you think under, but um, again, the model says eight based off of the offenses and based off of the bullpens here, Padres bullpen, just average Giants bullpen, fairly terrible. Um, so you get another tough total market, I think, to peg. But I'll take the Giants here at plus 167 with a B-grade pick. You have the curse of Sunday night baseball potentially playing, right? The, the Padres here played last night. It's hard to say exactly how much that matters here. It is a short road trip, but it kind of hasn't mattered with teams playing on Sunday night baseball have really struggled the next day, whether it's staying at home, whether it's traveling. You know, most of them have played pretty poorly. How much of it is those are big rivalry games and then kind of a letdown spot? You don't expect that with the Padres. You expect them to come out and play hard, given that they, uh, you know, you know, leaving L.A. with their, uh, you know, tail between their legs, that sort of thing. Um, but if there is any effect there, that could obviously help the Giants. Obviously, Snell's been pitching really well lately, but I still think Alex Wood is a solid pitcher. I think the Giants have a puncher's chance in this one. That's not what I think they win necessarily, but I like the payout at plus 167. The model is it should be Padres minus 150. So Padres minus 182, I think it's a little bit of an overprice. In general, I think this Padres team is getting a little bit too much credit. 
Um, they're a much better team. They're a great team now with the new additions, but I just don't think they're quite on the same level as the Dodgers are, and that's kind of how they're being priced. I still think they're a notch below. Jake, it's almost like they're one really good right – you know, they're struggling against left-handers. They're a little left-handed. It's almost like they're one right-handed bat shy of being – at that tier, I feel like if they could figure out a way to add a right-handed bat that's really good in that middle of that lineup, that might be the last piece the Padres need. I don't know how they're going to find one though this time of year. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's wild. Like I mean, you like if we can see that hole, you know they can. So why why haven't they filled it yet? Why haven't they? I know, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's one of those just. I, I, Mysteries, you know, like oh, mysteries. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jo- joking aside, of course, uh, still a good team without Tatis, but I think that kind of is the last piece for them. I think the Giants have a chance in this one again. I think there's a little bit of value here. Again, biggest thing is Padres in the minus one eighty, minus one nineties. I think is way too steep. It's either Giants or pass. I think plus one sixty seven offers some value. If there is any lingering Sunday night baseball effect, the Giants would be the side you want there at plus one sixty seven. It's a B great pick for me, Jake. What do you got for us? This is actually one I'm skipping. I can't figure out the value on this. Like, I don't trust the Giants' offense. Don't trust Snell enough to not blow up. Like, I, I just I'm lost here. I mean, so I'm just totally skipping this one. I think it'll be a fun one to watch because this is one of the few that like almost anything could happen. Because Snell could go out there and dominate like he's done a few times this year, or he could go out there and throw batting practice. Um, and the Giants. <laughs> May may miss may miss the batting practice, or they may uh, they may take a total advantage of it. Woods a good pitcher, but I mean you've got to be able to score the runs to win. So it's I don't know. I'm skipping this one, um, but I did see that Tatis started his rehab assignment. So yep. maybe maybe yep. they'll find that right-handed bat here soon. Yeah, but yeah, coming soon, right? I guess uh, maybe another week or so. You, you presume he'll be. Uh, uh, down there working on uh, getting uh, getting back in baseball shape. 940 Eastern first pitch, Angels at the A's. It'll be upper 60s to start, low 60s to close. Winds will be blowing out but dying down as the night goes on. Pretty a standard night there in Oakland. Total of 7, model says 7.2. Jose Suarez versus Cole Irvin. Suarez, 455 ERA underlying metrics say it should be a little bit higher than that, not by much. Also, a guy who doesn't project to give us much length here for the Angels and turn it over to a rough Angels bullpen. For the A's, Cole Irvin has a 304 ERA. Now, that's a little bit deflated. It's partially deflated because he plays half his games in Oakland. So the underlying metrics say it should be about a run higher, but... That's partially just the park, right? Or Irvin's a solid pitcher, maybe not as good as that ERA, but I think you, I think we all kind of know at this point. You always look at a pitcher in Oakland, uh, some of these other pitcher-friendly ballparks, and you say part of it's the park, right? Um, Irvin still projects to be slightly better than average. Um, model says A's should be a minus one fifty favorite in this one, so I'll take the A's at minus one eighteen with an A grade play. Crazy that I'm playing any number with the A's with an A-grade play. I would have never seen that coming, but this Angels team is just really struggling right now. Offensively, I have these two offenses uh, against lefties about the same. I have these two sets of relievers about the same slight advantage to the A's. A much better pitcher for the A's. I mean, it's hard to find a place where the Angels have have an edge in this game, which is just bonkers to say. Yeah. But I've never seen this coming at the start of the season. I, at the start of the season, if you said I was playing the A's here, I would have assumed it was because I was getting something like plus 180. I was like, ah, I just can't pass up the value. you know. But at minus 118, A's are still a solid investment here, in my opinion. Again, a model says minus 150, so I'll lay it with the A's here as a short favorite. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all over the A's. This is probably my favorite play of the day here. I, I really like the A's. 
Um, I think the Angels have mismanaged this team to the end um, and from the top down, and it's just wild. And I, I think the Athletics, for, for as weak, talented as they've been all year, they've done very, very well. I really like Cole Irvin. I think he's a solid pitcher. Um, not all of the park helps him out a lot, but, you know, he's on the A's, so that's part of it. And, yeah. uh, just no, like, no one had a pitch in your park, and he gets to pitch in it tonight. Yep. And ju- just like you uh, kind of don't discount all the stats when the guys are playing in cores, you can't discount the park right, right for him. This is another one, one of the ones that I'm going to be tying his strikeout prop to. I actually like his over. I know he's not crazy amount of strikeouts kind of guy, but it's at four and a half. It's plus odds, that, like plus 104 to plus 110, somewhere in there. Um, but his last five games, he's gone six innings, and three of those are against – uh, Houston, which poor guy, but he won two. Of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but so, but the Angels also lead lead the league. I don't know if this is the correct lead the league in striking out the most. So the worst strikeout, however you want yeah. to phrase that, yeah. they are yeah. they are not very good at not striking out. I think it's like yeah. nearly almost ten times a game. So if we can just get half those to be from Urban, we're good. We're in the money, and then I think the A's win this fairly easy. Kind of like you said, it sets up to be, you know, the Angels, you know, strike out once an inning a little bit more. Irving goes five innings, he gets five Ks. Seems yeah, pretty straightforward, right? right? Yeah, that's, that's and, the goal here. And, and like you said, plus odds, it's something that you feel like maybe should be minus odds at that point. Uh, anytime you can, you have a you have a situation you think should be minus odds, you get plus odds is always good, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not a strikeout heavy guy. He likes to hit around that four number. We just need to get one extra. Yep, yep. And the Angels are seem seem to be a generous enough team. They could they could do that to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll believe in their charity. All right, and then to close us out here, our favorite team, the Mariners, 10-10 Eastern, first pitch. Jamison Tyon versus Logan Gilbert. Tyon, a 396 ERA. Underline metrics put them pretty much right there. Logan Gilbert, a 309 ERA. Underline metrics say it should be a little bit higher than that, but I still give Gilbert an edge pitching-wise against Tyon. He rates a little bit better there, according to the model, Mariners bullpen fantastic rates better than the Yankees. Yankees bullpen very good, but Mariners bullpen has been fantastic all season. Offensively, Yankees have a little bit of an edge, but not much. Game in Seattle, model says that the Mariners should be a minus one twenty two favorite. Basically, says the bullpen and starting pitching edge basically cancel out with the um, offensive edge the Yankees have. The fact that we're getting plus odds in the Mariners doesn't make a lot of sense here. It's plus 109. I'll take that with an A-grade pick. Again, I think the wrong team's favored here in a game with a total of 7.5. Model says exactly 7.5. Not going to be a ton of runs there in T-Mobile Park as usual. Um, but I think this Mariners team is good enough to get this to get the job done. It's a coin tossing type game. Again, I give the Mariners a little bit of an edge so the Mariners more likely to win than not at plus odds makes a ton of sense. They got two out of three from the Yankees last week. I don't see why they don't also, you know, win this series as well, especially at home. Uh, this Mariners team is is good. At some point, people are going to figure it out. We faded the Mariners last week and got a win on that one with big plus odds. Uh, but now we're kind of back to value on the Mariners. Take it all day here. I think they got a good shot at this one at plus 109 is way too good to pass up. A great play for me. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I, I'm, I love the Mariners. I think they're very, very underrated team. They just, they just seem to like. It's not even really a lot of big names. It's just they're just playing good baseball, and uh, where the Yankees are a lot of big names. Um, it's just, I don't know. They've got their number. Uh, I also think the Yankees are coming back to normal. They were on that world beater pace the first half mm-hmm. of the year, and I, mm-hmm. I think now it's coming back to where it's where. I mean, they're a very good team. I'm not saying they're not. What I'm saying is they're not. You know, like the 
<laughs> Warriors and won seventy five games or whatever. Right. They're, they're right. not that that kind of level of good. So it's going to be coming back to the normal, and I think the Mariners are taking advantage of it. They're a very good team. Gilbert's a good pitcher. They've got some really good hitting coming through. Uh, helping their bullpen really helped them out. So to the point where they know they just need to get really five, five, like five and a little bit, and then they know the game's solid. If they've got the lead there, they feel very safe that they're coming home with the win. Yeah, and it's like we're talking about with the Yankees. I, if, yeah, again, I don't know which day it is. I, at some point, maybe I'll go back and find it. But there was at least an episode or two where I made the comment. I said, the Yankees have been profitable to back, and they've been, like you said, just on a crazy tear. But the prices were still just really high. And I was like, it doesn't matter how many games they win. If you back them at these prices the rest of the season, you're going to lose money. And given how they've played, you've lost a lot of money if you were backing them. Um, it, it's not that the Yankees are as bad as the stretch. They just weren't as good as the other, right? The truth is somewhere in between. Like you said, a very good team, just not a team that's going to win 120 games. And there was all this, you know, well, I'm paced to win 120 or whatever. And it's like, I'd be shocked if they get to 110, you know, at that yeah. point. And, of course, now they're on pace for a whole lot less. It's, it's tough to play at that level for the entire season. Uh, they had some good breaks and won some games, and now that's kind of bounced back for them. Uh, still a good team. But, like I said, this Mariners team is good. I've been preaching that all, you know, last month, month and a half. This Mariners team is very solid, definitely in that second tier of teams. Uh, pit, just strong pitching. Strong pitching keeps them in so many ball games. Uh, and I expect the same tonight here from Logan Gilbert. Yeah, uh, I mean they're they've been a lot of fun. They've been really good to you on the play of the day there. So, yeah, I mean, is, yeah. Uh, I mean, I really like this Mariners team. I think they are going to be very dangerous come October because they seem to be hitting yeah. their stride at the right time. Yeah, and then getting Julio Rodriguez back will, of course, just help them even more. Like I said, with that pitching they have, that bullpen they have, uh, they're going to be a scary out in October for sure. Right. And adding uh, they, Castillo, that was that was a big pickup for them. I did not see yeah. that coming for them. I loved that. I didn't either. I didn't either. I, we, all, we thought they were going to add a bat given that their pitching was so strong already, but now their pitching just gets even better. Um, and now they, they they have a little bit more flexibility with the back-end guys. One of those back-end guys, the Flexens, the uh, Gonzalez's of the world, you know, they were going to have to pitch a little bit more in the playoffs, and now they can be a little more uh, swing guy, you know, reliever, whatever. With a couple of those guys, they've added another great arm at the top of the rotation. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, I will recap the A plays here for you. I've got three today on a short slate. I've got the Orioles at plus 124 at home against the Blue Jays, the A's at minus 118 at home against the Angels, and the Mariners at plus 109 at home against the Yankees. Jake, any parting words? Yeah, I'm going to wish mom happy birthday. She's turning 29 for like the 30th time. So there you go. Happy birthday, mom. There you go. All right. Yes. Happy birthday to Jake's mom as well. Uh, I guess uh, y'all use a 29 in your family. You know, a lot of families like we use 30, turning 39 for the, you know, whatever. So it's a, uh, that was the joke. If you, if you saw the good place, right there, they yeah. made that joke in that one about how uh, someone was turning 39 million or whatever. Like that was the, <laughs> the same sort of, same sort of joke. Yeah. So it's always good. There. So yeah. Happy birthday to Jake's mom. Um, and that is all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.